This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to say big thanks to the title sponsor of the Big Show. That's Big O. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the lowest price on every tire every day, Big O Tires. We're going to talk to our boy Bowler coming up here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts on the first few games uh, from the Utah Jazz as uh, they get their season underway. We'll ask him his thoughts about uh, uh, their chances of, uh, of winning the division as well. Um, I thought it was an interesting convo. You know, if you put them uh, in the same division with the Lakers, obviously you'd give them no shot. But uh, I think they'll finish ahead of the Nuggets and Blazers. Well, the Nuggets are good. You don't think they are. You think that's just kind of fluky. They're okay. But but I think they're good. And uh, so obviously that'll be uh, the challenge for for the Jazz. But uh, I, I really think the Jazz have an opportunity to be really good. This year, in the first half of that game last night, I was thinking, uh, yep, it's uh, it's similar to what was going on against Minnesota. But but uh, when they when they play the way I think they're capable of playing, I think they're going to be difficult to beat. Yeah, I, I, I think the offense at times still looks a little clunky. Uh, it didn't against Portland, obviously. But yeah. in uh, against Oklahoma and specifically Minnesota, it definitely looked clunky at times. I think they've got to get that ironed out. Well, the problem, part of the problem is, uh, you know how I hate turnovers. I mean, I just hate, I hate wasted trips down the floor. And I, I, I just can't stand that. And when Donovan Mitchell is not scoring well, and he did not score well against Minnesota, he did not score particularly well last night, especially in early going, he came on strong at the end when the Jazz neither. But he, he has to be a star. He has to be a star for the Jazz to be like what you just predicted them to be, the division winner. Uh, because if they're going to be the division winner, then chances are they're going to probably be in the top three, maybe top four in the West. And so he, the stars have to play like stars. That's just the way it is. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, the television voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend Craig Bowler. Jack Bowler, what's happening? Hey, Jay. Gordon, how are you? Doing great, Bowler. How was your Christmas? Everything go well? Yeah, you know, it was uh, mellow is the best way I can put it. Um, you know, saw my folks masked up. Uh, they're, well, they're, they're between 89 and 87. So, yeah. you know, I can never – I'm not allowed to tell my mom's age. So, I try, <laughs> so, you know how that goes. I don't know, Jake, if you've ever had the privilege to meet the Bowler Jacks, but they are fine, fine people. Uh, and uh, believe me, uh, when when Bowler's mom tells him something, he better listen. <laughs> Nothing's changed, man. I tell you, it's amazing. I'm blessed. They won the lottery. That's what I tell them. They got their 70th anniversary coming up in July, wow. which is oh, good outrageous. Man. Outrageous. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But uh, doing out, doing well, and got uh, the New Year's uh, around the corner. Thank uh, goodness, uh, and uh, got two games on a back-to-back uh, Chris, uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's night. What do you What do you think on what, what do you believe about the Jazz that now that you've seen them play three times, Bowler? Well, let's see. A little uh, again. You got to go back and backpedal uh, about the excitement of, of preseason. It's another lesson of you know really. It's nice to see, and you felt good about that. That that roster had been together now for quite a few years, and so their familiarity with each other was was obvious, right? And they hit the they hit the ground running uh, against uh, the the Suns and the Clippers, and then opening night, wow, uh, impressive. And then the last two have been kind of a head scratcher. Yeah, you pulled out a win last night, but I got to be honest. Uh, Quinn can't be happy. The turnovers have been an issue. Uh, the three-point shooting has been anything but impressive. Uh, the one constant, or there's two, Mike Conley looks incredibly comfortable after the start he had last year. 
in his first 30 or so games uh, with the Jazz. And I think Jordan Clarkson uh, also is, is a glove fit for this franchise and what he does as a sixth man. Um, I know it's three games, but he's got – he will be in the conversation for sixth man of the year. He just nonstop motor, smart, terrific dribbler in traffic can finish with a small space – and then it can, um, you know, launch a three with uh, pretty good uh, precision. Uh, so that's the positives. Uh, the head scratchers again. Uh, Bogey coming off the wrist, uh, warmed up in the second half, as did Donovan. But you know what, guys? I think Donovan has got to become that player in his fourth year where he isn't just known as a second-half comeback kid. It's got to be consistent. I think consistency is the word, and that's what I've seen in the first three games. And you've got to make sure you take care of the ball better uh, because if you don't, uh, you're watching opponents just take it down the floor and run it down your throat, and we've seen that on multiple occasions as well. What do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for this Jazz team? Well, if you're going to go with pace, Jake, and I know Quinn in the preseason talked about getting the shots off, you know, on that six-second category and the 24-second shot clock. Well, you know, you've got to be in shape and you've got to continue. Uh, I think your rotation of the bench, you know, has to be uh, part of that equation too, is fresh legs, um, you know, and understanding who's on, who's not, which Quinn is, you know, is a master but you know what? I think also you can't just fall in love with a three-point shot every night. I know that's where the league has gone, and Locke always <laughs> Locke lectures me constantly. You know, bowler threes more than two. Well, yeah, I get it. But you know what? The mid-range shot, the bank shot, the floater that we saw Conley and Clarkson give the Jazz last night, I'll argue with this until the end, that it still has a place in this league. It keeps you in games until you're able to hit a shot that can obviously push you over the top, and that's the three ball and the high percentage shot at the rim. But, um, you know, I, I think we still see the players that we know very well. We know what they can and can't do, and Derek Favors being back, you know, obviously is a nice backup to Gobert. He can play alongside Rudy in certain situations. He can finish games if he has to. I think Quinn has all the confidence in the world. But, again, you know, the minutes – I'm anxious to see if they stay around 8 to 10 or if they're going to jump to 12 to 17. I don't know. It just really depends. But I think, you know, the Jazz helped themselves. They've got some, you know, younger talent that are going to develop. Mia Yoni still in, it really intrigues me. He's a tough defender, and I think he's got potential to be a really good player, rotation player in this league. But I'm, what, I'm, what I'm seeing, Jake and Gordon, right now is that if the Jazz are going to up their game from three-point land and take last year they averaged 35 attempts. The, the, the season average for the NBA was 34. So if you're going to jump 40 to 41 a night, you're going to have to be on. And last year we saw them when they're off, it seemed like it became uh, – it, it ran through the entire team, just not one or two players. So I think you're going to have to see someone else pick it up if somebody – you know, is going to have off nights. That's the way it is in this league. You're going to have off nights if you're a three-point shooter. So, uh, you know, depth, confidence, shoot yourself out of a slump and maybe go to something else on occasions uh, to see the bu- the ball fall to the bucket, whether that's pick and roll with Faves and Ingles, uh, whether that's Rudy uh, becoming more pronounced offensively around the rim and maybe even outside it a bit. We saw a little bit of a hint of that a few games ago on opening night. So, I still got questions, and I know there will be answers along the way. Well, I agree with you 100%, and I think there are going to be nights when the Jazz look unbeatable, and then there's going to be nights when they look terrible because of that shooting thing that you were talking about. I mean, weren't you, were not you shocked last night when you looked at your stat sheet at the end and it said that the Jazz had shot 50%? Didn't it seem like they shot worse than that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at how the game started – and it was uh, not a not a pretty situation. I mean, they couldn't get the you know a ball in the bucket. Uh, their three point shot was horrendous. You know, Donovan and Bogey at one point. Again, I'm not looking at my my uh, scorecard, but Jake, you may have it up there. But in the first half, 
Donovan has all of, what, four points. And Bogey, I think, and Donovan had combined for four of in the 17 category, maybe 19. And I, that's the one thing that is a head-scratcher. And, and, and a lot of times you hear this same comment from every locker room in the NBA, not just the Jazz. And Gordon and, and Jake, you know it well. It happens in football. It happens in baseball, whatever it may be. Yeah, we just didn't come out with that, that fury. We didn't come out with that energy. And I think fans, that drives everybody a little bit crazy because how could you not? And look, human nature, I get it. We're not all on every night. We're not on. You know, you guys have great radio shows some days. Maybe it's just not clicking. And this is the same, but the pace scale that we're on compared to them doesn't really give them a lot of wiggle room in the sense of discussing being up or down for a ball game. So there's pressure there, man. And I tell you, I don't know last night if a little Oklahoma City return had anything to do with it. Look, that night is still drilled into my head and always will be. And I'm sure being back there for the first time had to be a little surreal, a bit eerie, you know. But I don't know if that impacted the performance in the first half or not. But I think for me that Donovan has to be a one through four quarter type player and just can't be dependent on as that second half kid because he's a man for one, 24, and he's his fourth year in the league. And I think consistency from Donovan is going to be a key. I know there's a lot of pressure, right, to put on a guy. But it is, it's, it's, it's the role he's accepted and taken. And I think that's important, uh, Gordon and Jake, is to know that's that's the direction this is that this franchise is going is Donovan's team, along with Gobert, yes, but Donovan uh, is a young guy who has taken on a lot of responsibilities even outside his franchise uh, to to be a, a voice of of the NBA and a voice of the Jazz, and so I think consistency is going to be the next step for him and this growth uh, that he's uh, going through right now. So, Bowler, uh, Rudy signs his new deal, and it's a big deal. And there's some, you know, grumblings out there in the NBA fan world about uh, about how he's overpaid. And I kind of get it, because what Rudy does is yeah. difficult to yeah. quantify sometimes, right? But if you look at that final play last night where Rudy guarded the whole play, I think he guarded three different guys on that he play, did. including, you know, uh, preventing the, the game-winning shot. I don't know how many people in the league can do that. And I, I thought that was an excellent example of Rudy's value. Yeah, very few. I got a guy on Twitter last night said, "How could you leave Rudy off your comment? He's the MVP." And in reality, you know, you know, you're all, we always focus ourselves on that offensive shot. You know, Donovan's winning shot, Conley last night, who really kept the Jazz. Let's be honest, Conley kept the Jazz close throughout, and so did Jordan Clarkson until you know Donovan and even Bogey kind of found their groove a little bit late in the third and, and through the fourth quarter, but. You know what, Jake, you're spot on. Gobert does things that no one really sees unless you study the film and you slow it down and how he's able to guard, rotate, look, anticipate, hand up, body, all the above, right? All the above. And, you know, you got to admit, I thought the ball was going in, but the big fella comes in, and that's that disruptive nature of what Rudy Gobert is. That's what he's built for. That's who he is. That's what he really pounds his chest he loves the offense, and I think he really wants to become even a, a better offensive player with more shots in his in his you know in his arsenal. Uh, but the but the Gobert factor, that's why he's paid. You know, it's like what Mark Eaton did at, in a different time, a different place, altering shots. Big causes problems, and Mark was was terrific at it. But but Gobert. I think Mark would agree he's a totally different athlete, right? Size-wise, Mark was 7'4", Rudy 7'1", maybe, you know, and again, more nimble and a little quicker to recover. But, man, the guy just anticipates as good as any big I've seen. Is he the biggest guy out there? No. Does he have all the offensive tools? No. But he brings you a unique skill set that the Jazz paid for. What were you thinking, Bowler, last night when Boyan Bogdanovich started shaking his hand like his wrist was Oh, boy. Again? You know what happened, Gordo, after he did that? The, the shot, like it was magical. You know, it was all of a sudden when he really, when I noticed him squeezing the wrist and trying to shake it out, he then started shooting the ball and saw a couple threes go down. And I thought, wow, I don't know if there's something magical about that. But I was concerned. Look, he talked about, you know, trying to get back. He wasn't sure if it, he was totally healed and the strength had, had all returned. But at that time, I'm going, 
wow, um, that's concerning because Bogdanovich is a huge piece of what the Jazz are going to do and the success that rides on his shoulders. But, you know, I'm surprised, too, Gordon and Jake, uh, coming out after having wrist surgery, I don't know. And maybe you don't like. Maybe he doesn't like tape, but or some sort of a brace. But I thought maybe he would, you know, tape it up to kind of just give it some a little stability. But I guess you know he's going as he sees fit. I'm not going to question it. But um, I was just glad to see him, you know, find the groove a little bit, and maybe that took away some of the pain. But look, Bogey hasn't forgotten to shoot. You know, Kyle Korver always said that to all of us. You know that he was, you know, he's a shooter. He's a three-point shooter. That's that's pretty much what his expertise is. And some nights I have it, some nights I don't. But one thing a three-point shooter never can afford to do is, is doubt himself. And you always just keep shooting the ball. And that's who Bogdanovich is. And that's who Jordan Clarkson is. I don't think those guys ever forget how to, how to score. But they're going to have up-and-down nights. That's just the, the way this league works. And uh, that's one thing I think Kyle Korver – you know, always reminded me of is that, you know what, I can't get down when I've missed 12 straight uh, because I know I'm going to get it back. And that's just confidence of a vet. And they also have confidence in what they can do and they know themselves as, as well as anybody. Buller, I want to ask you about the Nuggets and the Jazz chance of, of winning the division, but this has been something that uh, Gordon and I have been divided on a little bit. I think the Nuggets are good, not great. Gordon thinks not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six titles coming, through, coming in Denver's future. Where, where, where are you at on the Nuggets, Buller? Oh, my gosh. Well, look, I mean, you, you got to give him props for what they did in the bubble and, you know, what the Joker's able to do. He shows you the difference – of what seven a seven-footer can do compared to Rudy offensively. That's take the ball outside and knock down the three. That's a beautiful thing to have. It really is. But Gobert does, as we just talked about, um, what, what he can do to disrupt shots, block shots, and still be highly effective when the ball's put in certain places. I mean, that's, I think, some of the frustration that goes with Rudy and some Jazz fans is if the ball isn't delivered where it has to be, you see it you know, become a turnover, thus many times a fast break, break bucket on the other end, and that's concerning. But, uh, you know, I think the Jazz have to accept that in some ways. Uh, sometimes he gets knocked off his, off his spot a little bit. The Joker is so much bigger, but I think still limited at times. Uh, I was impressed with the way he played in Orlando, and I think everyone was impressed that they came back from down 3-1, not once but twice, mind you, Jazz and Clippers with Jamal Murray. I'm not sure you can keep up that type of pace every night. I think you can see that in Donovan's game, who was outstanding uh, in the bubble. So, you know, I think there's a lot of similarities there, um, and I don't see them just running away with, six titles Gordo uh, I really don't. Uh, I really don't you know unless LeBron you know retires uh you know at uh, at, uh, at at the mid-break in March and uh you know and I'm still not really sold on the Clippers that's just me I it's attitude that I look at and Paul George and the comments he said in the you know in Orlando that we were really weren't looking for a title this year that's that's not true I mean it was all about knocking LeBron off the perch right to bring Paul George into team with Kawhi I'm not sure how that relationship will continue to grow or 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 not grow and I think Jazz if they just stay healthy and they find that consistency they're going to be as good as any team in the West Uh, LeBron look is special and will be until he walks off the floor but I think you know the rest of the NBA in the Western Conference is just it's it's a slugfest every night. You know we're going to see a different Phoenix team than we did in the preseason, and we're going to see a different Clipper team this weekend as well when they come to town. I mean I'm not sure how much gas is left in the Chris Paul tank, but Devin Booker is a star, and he can score at will. Jazz fans know that. And then the other battle will be, you know, are, are Paul George and Kawhi on the same page? So, again, we'll learn a lot about the West, but also about the Jazz and how good they can be or will be uh, these two games. 
Okay, just for the record, at no point did I ever say the Nuggets were going to win an NBA title. I just want to make that clear, Bowler. I haven't okay. absolutely uh. lost my mind, even though I'm, <laughs> I'm halfway there at least. But a uh, final question from me, Bowler, and I know that when you're calling games, you accentuate the fact that Joe Ingles is a nice uh, setup guy who looks for his teammates. Should he shoot the ball more, and has he lost some confidence in that regard? You know, only Joe knows that. This is me speaking. I think it's difficult each and every year that he becomes a, a bench player versus a starter. And I know Joe has, has, has said exactly the way a professional would, and that is, quote, I don't care if I start or come off the bench. But, you know, in reality, Jake, I don't know what you guys see, but I think Joe feels the groove of, of the game early as a starter. But I also find a dynamic that he and Clarkson and Favors can be one hell of a second unit in this league when called upon. Um, he's unselfish. He does love the pass. He likes that pocket pass to Favors. And also he's got that sixth sense with Gobert. He's valuable in that regard. The guy was 5.2 assists last year, and he's off to about three and a half going on four in the first three games. You know, I like to see Joe wind it up and go. I think he's also a rhythm player. Um, like, you know, when he has the ball in his hands, Gordon, and where he can actually pull the trigger off the wing a little bit. He likes the corner three as well. And a lot of, you know, I noticed the Jazz haven't been able to get to the corner to shoot a lot of corner threes. That was kind of the money, uh, you know, that was money last year for Bogey and, and Joe. So uh, maybe that's, again, what, what teams are defending more, pushing them a, a little bit more outside on the three-point line and parking them in the corner because it's a shorter shot. Um, so those are all things I think this, that will work themselves out. But, you know, with injury, Joe's ready to be a starter if necessary, but I think he's going to continue to have to make that adjustment to be uh, uh, coming off the bench. And as you guys know, sometimes it takes time, and you don't have a lot of time good second unit players like a Jordan Clarkson, they're looking to score the minute they hit the floor. And I think Joe, you know, has surveyed the floor and you hopefully he can come out there and find that groove because he's a big part of what the Jazz have to do with that second unit. Instead of letting those 12 and 14 point leads slip away when the second unit comes on a year ago, this group has the ability to hold that lead and add to it. And I think that's one of the most important things that Jazz were able to do in the off season. Derek Favors and also uh, Joe Ingles coming off the bench. If it stays that way with Jordan Clarkson, that's a dangerous. That's a dangerous combo to to keep the lead or to build on it. That's hard to do in this league, and hopefully that will be one of the pluses that the Jazz come away with. Jake, you asked uh, Bowler earlier how his holiday was, how his Christmas was. I can guarantee you that he didn't get a gift this year that was anywhere near as good as the John Wayne calendar I got him like 10 years ago. All right, Bowler? Oh, yeah. You know, um, listen here, kid. Um, <laughs> it was a great present, Jake. How was that? that? Was that any good? I don't know. I've been working on that. <laughs> Sounds good to me, Bowler. I, I like it. <laughs> I get hit all the time, man. What do you like John Wayne? He was a, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's just, again, I, I go back in that different time I like Westerns. I like, you know, the Clint Eastwoods. What I've watched the other night, Hang em High. Hang em High. <laughs> Hang em High. You know, I've watched it 20 times, but I still go, wow, man, hell of a movie. This is pretty good. <laughs> and then, of course, I'm waiting for The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and then, you know, uh, Pale Rider and Outlaw Josie Wills. See, I'm, I, I know people are just yawning right now on this conversation, but, you know, when you're up late like I've been throughout my career, when you fly and get in, hotel at 2.30 or come home from a 10 o'clock newscast, i got to entertain myself somehow. And there's not much on except the Turner Movie Classic Channel, and for some reason I just keep hitting all these oldie black and white westerns. And so what do I do? I sit down and watch. What's the best western of all time, Willer? Oh my gosh. Uh, I know some people like True Grit, but I, I, I thought that was a little overplayed by, by the Duke. Uh, I, I'll go back uh, to... Um, she wore a yellow ribbon, uh, and also Fort Apache. Uh, those are okay. those are really good. Uh, but for the Eastwood 
folks, it would probably be good, bad, and the ugly. A spaghetti western. There's no dialogue. Look, guys, Jake, you probably would say four words. I'd say two, and Gordon maybe one throughout the entire two and a half hours. Sign me up. I love a good western. Yeah. Gordon would talk way more than that, Bowler. But there's no dialogue. That's the crazy thing. It's a lot of grunting. You know, that's it. There's really no dialogue in that movie. But, um, yeah, that's kind of my hobby. I know people think I'm crazy, but, again, those late-night flights and those nights when I did the 10 o'clock news and got home around 1130, everybody's in bed. So And i got to wind down. So what do I do? I watch old old westerns and old comedies. That's that's kind of the way it worked out. <laughs> nice. I awesome. could do the grunting. Yeah, I yeah, could do that. Gordon could do that. Uh, but you are uh, you're the best. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you right here on Thursday night. Little New Year's Eve in the arena. Yeah, you know, and I hope you guys look uh, on on road games. Will you please drop by? I mean, you're masked. <laughs> there's six of us in the building, guys. Uh, on road games and so in january there's seven straight to start the new year and jake i think you can probably slide by and say hello i'll come down and say hello bowler you got it buddy please do third floor my friend uh, <laughs> and bring and bring some treats okay i'll, I'll see what i can do I'll, I'll, I'll bring some treats down no problem <laughs> all right guys be good have see a happy you. new year be safe back at you, you bowler. Too, bowler yep all right there you go that's our good friend craig bowler jack uh jumping on with us uh here i always, on the big thought, show. I always thought that was endearing bowler having uh the uh he likes that old-fashioned stuff, and uh, it reminds him of uh, when he was a kid. Yeah. So why not? All right, we'll have more big show coming up next. Uh, stay tuned. In fact, drop of the day. We're gonna do we're gonna do something fun for drop of the day here for the next few days. So stay tuned. We're getting to it next. Ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sound, uh, time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. Hold on. Hold on a second. Is this a song someone sings in the shower? Uh, to be honest, we ran out of uh, nominations. So I Googled <laughs> most popular songs sung in the shower, and this was number one. <laughs> if I heard anybody singing this in the shower. <laughs> You'd what? I don't know. It what's wrong with like this song? Yeah, what's the matter with this song? It just seems like a funny song to sing in the shower. That's all. Why? It just, I don't know. It seems kind of peppy. Is the shower supposed to be a, a sad well, moment? Sad no, dirges sad, in, the, in, the, no. in the shower? <laughs> not sad, but just kind of, you know, I mean, pacing no, yourself I, in there. Not I the, don't know. The, the, this song, you'd have to be dancing around in the shower. Would you? You, you can kind of yeah. move a little. You don't. I don't think anyone's doing a triple sow cows, but <laughs> but I'm more caught up on this is too peppy for the shower. Yeah, I don't. I don't get I, that. I'll enjoy my showers. I don't. I don't go in there and go. I gotta take another shower again. No, no. But when I get in the shower, it's more kind of re- relaxation, not uh, not you know kicking my heels up. You gotta be careful in there. You could slip. Well, I, I'm more hung up on the part where you said, if I ever heard someone singing this in the shower, I would, and then you stopped. Like like the end of that sentence could have been, drag them from the shower and beat them to death. I mean, I don't, I, I don't get, I don't understand what you were getting at there. No, I would just wonder what's going on in there, because it just, it seems kind of like an active tune. For- Is that wham? That's it. You're dead. Last thing you'll ever sing. Uh. If I heard too somebody peppy in that shower. In that no, in I'm shower not, I'm not, I would. No, I'm not bold. I'm not just just knocking the door down, getting into the shower to see what uh, someone is singing. I I'm not going to react like that. But, well, that was uh, a that was a strange sentence. We have That's one all. rule in this house: no wham in the shower. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, here's it's time for drop of the day, and we're gonna do some fun. Austin has uh, kind of kept some of our more hmm, unique segments over the year, uh, oh, the the boy. past year, and so we thought we'd get into a couple of these. Austin is not telling us what the segment subject matter is, so we're gonna be surprised with this too. He's only telling us the date, and this was on March 20th yeah. of this year. Yeah. So and they're they're yeah. a few minutes long. So I got a bad feeling about. Here this. we go. Did you see this video of Brooks Kepka? 
uh, hitting an eight iron left-handed. Did you see this? No. He hit on this video that's out there floating around. He hit an eight iron from the left side, 194 yards. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So here's my question to you. Do you think that you could beat uh, any pro golfer if you if he had to play left-handed? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Probably, because playing, I mean, some people are more ambidextrous than others. You know, like like I've told you this, Gordon, I swing a baseball bat left-handed and I golf right-handed, but I couldn't do either the other way. So I'm actually a left-handed person. I write left-handed. I throw the ball left-handed. I do most things. I eat left-handed. I play golf right and I bat left. But you think those swings are actually somewhat similar, right? I couldn't do either the other way. You sound confused. I, I guess I am. But I don't know. See, some people are better at that sort of thing than others, right? Like, could you hit a baseball batting left-handed? Yes, yeah, so there was a time when I was <laughs> not a chance. No, no, not off a tee. No, no, maybe no. Not. Listen to me. Maybe not right now. But uh, when I was playing junior baseball, uh, I, I was there, just happened to be watching some friends of mine play in their, for their team. And for whatever reason, someone wasn't available. And so they asked me to play on that team. And only, this, I swear to you, I swear to you, this is true. And they, and they were a year younger. And so they told me I had to bat left-handed in this game. And uh, I hit a, I hit a, <laughs> hit a grand slam. That is the, absolute the stories that I tell are ninety nine percent, ninety nine point five percent, one hundred percent factual. A grand slam. I, a grand, no, there, you grand, couldn't have, grand, you couldn't have said you dribbled out to short. You had no, to call the grand slam. No, not a chance. I still, they, listen, I swear to you. I swear to you, this is true. No, and I if still this remember, is true, then Juice Newton is a lie. One no, can't I, be true. I, I, Both I can't remember, be true. I remember the flight of the ball. I oh, got out ahead of gosh. it a little bit, hit it down the right field line, and it it flew over the uh, over the fence. And I was over the I cuckoo's was, nest. No, I, I swear to you, it's true. I believe the anyway. I believe the affair with Juice Newton over this one. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> what affair? An affair. I, I'm believing that mess. Over. The grand slam with Juice Newton, <laughs> and, huh? and in all the years we've both known Gordon, we've never heard that story before. Now, right? Yeah, just, yeah. Wait, okay. I have. Okay. I have a bunch of stories, guys. I love your I, stories, Gordon. Swear, Please tell another. No, I swear to you that story is true. Not a chance. chance that I true. believe I, you I, played baseball once. If no, you would have told me, like, I hit Texas. a grand slam. No, I hit a left. I hit a left-handed grand slam, and it's absolutely a hundred percent. And true. Reggie Jackson drove up in his limo and rolled the window and, down and said, "Hey, okay, kid." Here's the, here's the thing. I <laughs> I started thinking that maybe I could switch hit because I I was I man I hit it right on the right on the butt. Okay, so and, so I played baseball for a long long time. All right, I, I played uh, well into high school, and I would say the amount of time that I actually came to the plate when the bases were loaded was maybe, what, 15 times in my entire time playing baseball? In 15 baseball? years yeah, playing? Right. Yeah, right, in, in playing forever. So you're telling me in this one specific time, not only did you hit a home run, not only were you batting left-handed, but the bases happened to be loaded at that time? All true. Not a chance. I swear. Not I a swear. Chance. You guys have trust issues. You know, I wonder I've, why. I've lived a long time, and I still remember the exact field. I could point it out to you. I'm I was not that I, old. everything was. It, it's as clear as a bell. No, nope. I remember it because it stood out because it was a moment of of, of glory. Nope. So nope. a moment of fantasy. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I bet at the time Gordon was also playing at Yankee Stadium. I carried it all the way out center. No, I remember they made me hit to Monument Valley because Jeez. I was I was a year older, and uh, I said, "Okay, I can do this." Don't no. believe it. I, I had no clue that I could do it, but I I did it. I mean, look, guys, don't believe it. I, and I, Casey Stengel I, called up the next day and right. signed me to attend. Right. I, I would put five thousand dollars on the table on this one. It is absolutely 
100%. I would Factual. certainly think about taking you up on that if there was any way that you could actually prove that this did or did not happen. I'm just Because it's just pretty hurt. easy to say, well, back in 43, when I was playing Little League, I hit a home run left-handed because nobody's going to be able to say whether you did or whether you did not. I wish I could track all the folks down because there was a decent-sized crowd there, you know, parents and whatnot, family members and whatnot who were there to witness it. But I, I what hurts me the most what cuts deep is the fact that you guys don't believe me no i mean i don't th- I, 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 jake, i'm starting to wonder jake, if you ever even played baseball <laughs> jake i'm telling i swear to you See? i swear s-w-e-a-r i swear to you that story Listen, is here's true. the thing i i've i've got a friend who would just invent his high school uh, athletic achievements. I mean, just completely invent them. But but then we'd know people who he went to high school with, and they'd be like, no, no, that's not it. See, but with you, you can just say whatever. And since it was across the country in Delaware and decades ago, and there's no way we're finding well, out whether they're on. true or not. Listen and me, there's no me. way that this is true. Listen to me. There are. I have had low moments, too. I mean, there was a time I struck out and cost my team the game. Uh, look, there are low points, too, but this was a high point, And I, I swear to you, I swear Boy, to you, it's isn't true. it interesting how the, the high point story is filled with just incredible detail? And the low point is like, you know, I struck out that one time in that one game when it well, was I, on okay, the line. You, okay, you want detail. It was a called three strike. And then the, 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 the coach was really mad at me that I let that happen. So that's stood with stayed with me as well but uh well, it consider just hurts the case proven my, it hurts that my friends my friends people i consider my friends would think that i would make something like that up and it is especially me living in a business that is all about credibility and telling the truth i am telling you 100 percent the truth would you write it in the paper tomorrow well, yeah, but that, I mean, yeah, because you true. know the standard of the watchdog. Yeah, They'd want two sources true. on this. <laughs> I would, if I were in a courtroom, I'd put my hand on the Bible, raise my right and hand, and it would burn through your skin. And, and I would absolutely swear that it was that, the truth. That doesn't mean anything from a good atheist like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gordon, it just hurts. It still hurts. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and it's really tough for me because I it happened. And so I don't mind you guys calling me on my BS when I'm just pulling somebody's leg. But this is this is a, a fact filled story. Gordon, how would you like it if, if we, Austin and I, just completely made something up? And then when you said, uh, yeah, well, that doesn't sound right. And we just laid on the guilt. I mean, oh, this is an attack on my integrity, and, and what, what are you saying about me that I that I would make up a story about hitting a grand slam left-handed off eight-year-olds? I'm not. I mean, <laughs> like you, you realize what you're doing. I mean, come on, come I on. Know, I know the exact field. I come know on. it was it was uh, it was memorable. Those was, the, those details I, I, don't I help. Just, I just wouldn't. Oh come wouldn't, on! I wouldn't lie to you about something like you that. You would. I, no, no. If I was lying, I would tell you I was lying. No, you. Uh, I, I would. I, yeah, I would. I would string you along for a minute, but then I would tell. And, and to this day, I stand by that. It is. Uh, it's true. I know, but, but this so. is also coming from you, who who says the most. Um, hmm, hmm, what's the best word for this? Uh, sometimes uh, fantastic. No, no, no. Like like blue comments. Ah. You know, comments that are a little bit on that that side of things. And then we go, oh, Gordon, that was disgusting. You go, what? I don't know what I I, I don't know what I was what I was saying right there. Well, that's true too. See, now <laughs> um, when you do that, that that hurts. Let, let's just say it is true. Which is not. But let's say, Gordon, that it, it, this 100%, every syllable of that story was true. If I told you that story, wouldn't you think to yourself, as a reasonable, uh, intelligent person, that sounds all too convenient to be 100% no, true? No, because Even if, it no, were. If, you, if you guys told me a story like that, I would believe it 100%. Now, if it's somebody I didn't know or trust, then I, then I wouldn't necessarily believe it. But if, if you told me that was true, I would, I would believe you. And that's why it hurts. I mean, it you didn't hurts. believe I'm me gonna, today about the, the support pig. Uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start weeping here in a second because <laughs> I I it is that it is that hurtful to me that you don't believe it and huh. it, it's it's true guys I I it, I would I would put uh, any kind of you know any kind of money on the table and then swear by the man above that it is absolutely true. Not like the flying V uh, hockey story I told. All right. It's very sad that you think that little of our intelligence. Oh, man, you guys. I could tell you anything and you wouldn't believe it because that's true. just the way it goes. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that, that story 100% verified by me. And uh, by it, you. it really happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, I had some I had some high points in my athletic career, and I had some low points. I mean, I I hit a game winning shot on the basketball court a, a couple of times, and I still remember those moments too. Why? Because they're high points. You know, they're things that you remember. And many of our listeners right now have had those high points, and they do remember the details, even though it may have happened fifty years ago. They remember it because it stands out because it was a moment to. For the memory banks. Do we have a caller, really? Uh, James, you're up next on the big show. Hi, James. What's up? What's happening? Hey, I got a call BS on Monson's story. Okay. It's, it's, it's just, that's not right. And, and I listen to you guys a lot. And for him to lie to listeners like that, it just hurts. It does. I agree with you, James. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It hurts. It does hurt. Thank you for the phone call. Okay, we appreciate okay. that. A, a couple it of does. things. It really hurts that you One. lie to our face like this. Okay, hold on. First of all, who the hell cares what James thinks? I do. Wow. So, I do. I like so, having so, a job. Is, so, <laughs> is that somebody I should know who that was? He's a listener. He's spending time on our show. That means no. I appreciate me. James. I appreciate you listening. But really, let me ask you a point blank question: What the hell do you know about what happened to me fifty years ago? <laughs> that was really aggressive. Well, it's true. Yeah, I, I'm pretty. See, well, I'm this, pretty this offended. I'm with James. The fact that you think you could just get away with bald faced lying to us like this it is, is pretty wild. James, I love you. I love you, dog. But I love you, and I and I thank you for listening. Remember that line from Game of Thrones? Didn't Ned Stark say anything you say before the word "bud" is BS? Uh, but uh, but it is true. That story is true. I I understand. I understand. It was a feat of great uh, a magnitude. But but it uh, and it's it is so glorious that it's hard to believe. But it is in fact the honest to goodness truth. I James, I promise you. I promise you, I couldn't say it with any more sincerity. It's true. Kind of like when I won the fact, and, and it hurts me. You know, it's one thing these guys are carrying on and whatnot. They really believe me. They're just, we they're don't. just. This is this is a little bit of showbiz here. I don't. They believe me a hundred percent. But James, James, he, he doesn't either. Believe me, it's true. I swear to you, it's true. I I I swear to you, it's true. Like the love I have for my wife. Austin, I ever tell you about the the time I won the 03 Boston Marathon? No. It was close, but I pulled it out in the end. Uh, Okay. Most difficult thing I ever did. I don't believe you. I swear it's true. And it actually really really hurts my feelings that you don't believe me. I did win the World Series. This was a a junior baseball game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And who calls it junior baseball, by the way? Whatever it was called. I I don't remember. You you don't remember what it was called? I remember every league I played in. Oh, jeez, come on. I mean, now you're, first you condemn me for having too many of the details, and now you're calling me into question because I don't know every detail. I don't know anybody who played Little League Baseball that called it Junior Baseball. Maybe I've heard it of was, Pony League was, Baseball, when I was, Babe Ruth Baseball, was, Automotive Baseball. It was when baseball. I was a kid. I was like 12, 13 years old, I think, I, it, but, it, but it happened. All right. James, I I thank you for listening. Yeah, appreciate you, James, and thanks for your take. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 12 Minutes Zone. James, God is my witness. True story.
This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Sven suggested this is uh, all Gordon sings in the shower because apparently no peppy music is allowed. Hold on, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not taking my bagpipes into the shower with me. All right. You just made it sound like Wham would be this ludicrous song to sing in the shower. I just no, don't it's just kind of moving and dancing and stuff, and I don't dance in the shower. I mean, if I do, I'm going to sort of soft shoe it a little bit, not be all peppy like that. That's what I meant. So, what is the ideal shower song then? Oh, I think definitely show tunes, don't you? What song? What what's the ideal shower song? Um hmm. uh, how about something by uh by the Carpenters? Something along those lines. <laughs> Christmas cards have all been sent. That one <laughs> Don't you remember what, you told me you love my baby? What was what was the Carpenter's most famous song? Oh, you that lived one through I, it. Why don't you tell us? I can't remember the names of them, but you know something along something soothing, something uh, to fit the spirit of the moment inside the shower. Because I I'm just not all pumped up in the shower. I'm relaxing in the shower. I think a lot of people listen to upbeat stuff in the shower. I think that's pretty common. <laughs> oh, Gordon's in the shower again. <laughs> this, this, this is a great shower song. For a funeral? Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> no. No, it's got the right, there's just the right vibe to it. You, you know? know, most people shower when they get up in the morning and they don't want something boring and that's just going to put <laughs> them right back to sleep. minor keys in it. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this now. Long ago. I drowned myself pass. in the shower. Pass. <laughs> Hard pass. Oh, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Pass me the soap. Uh, yeah, I just threw up a little too. That was... Well, good uh, Good uh, Total Request Tuesday today, Austin. Terrible, <laughs> yeah. terrible job by me. Jeez. This is on me. Okay, then you tell me what your ideal shower song is. Uh-uh. Not that. What? Well, then What? Easy to criticize. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. I I want something to beat in the shower. I don't want something to put me back to sleep. I'm trying to get out of bed, not put myself back into it. Give me something like Rolling Stones or something in the shower. No, they should have some of Tom Dooley. Yeah. I like I like to rock as much as the next person does, but uh, in the shower, give me something like a one man band by Old Dominion or something like that. Well, that's got an electric guitar in it. How dare you? <laughs> Don't take the electric guitar into the shower, please. You're an Enya-only bathroom guy, aren't you? <laughs> Old Dominion. Travis Tritt's in that band, right? <laughs> no. No. Just a bunch of songwriters who got together and said, hey, man, we're writing these songs for everybody else. Why don't we sing them? Well, Conway Twitty put it together, didn't he? Not that I know of. No. Okay, this is just... <laughs> all right. oh, oh, wait, I'm, I'm trying to think of the perfect shower song. You guys aren't contributing at all here. I just told you. The Rolling Austin? Stones. Give Austin? me a I'll get the lead out in the shower. I did China Grove earlier. Yeah, right. That's a great one. <laughs> you guys better wear shower shoes. Otherwise, you won't be slipping all over and breaking your neck. Thanks, Dad. And it's singing in the shower. We're not breakdancing. <laughs> uh, never mind. It, it just there's a time and a place for everything. I, I, and the I, shower is a solemn yeah, room. I'm, I'm definitely coming out of this convinced that Gordon has never sung in the shower ever. And I'm actually partially convinced that Gordon doesn't shower. <laughs> I read somewhere where they said it was healthy not to shower every day. And Austin showers. What was that? Woodstock.com? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only, only sad sack songs in the shower. That's it. <laughs> not sad sack. Just relaxing. So. Jeez, why are you so down in the dumps? 
just took a shower. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, stay tuned. <laughs> More next, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Tuesday uh, comes and goes once again, Gordon. Uh, kind of weird. We've got two uh, two nights now in a row without uh, jazz basketball. Now they're going to play three games and four nights starting on Thursday. But uh, I, I wonder how this the flow of this year is, is going to go with this different type schedule. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And will that test the constitution of these teams, do you think? Do you have to be tougher mentally in order to be successful? I, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but there will be challenges for sure. And okay. everything is different. Maybe the road games won't be quite as difficult because you don't have people screaming at you. But who knows? Maybe a quiet gym is just as distracting. Well, I mean, they're going to be without other distractions as well if they live up to the you know, the, the agreed upon terms. Yeah, right? just the lifestyle stuff. Yeah, yeah you're right. Not uh, not uh, popping bottles at 3 a.m. in the <laughs> champagne room. Low on chicken wings. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it does take uh, mental strength to uh, to be able to handle these situations and concentrate on the, the matter at hand. But, uh, yeah, the Jazz will be back out of Thursday. They'll take on the Suns at home, and then they uh, go to, I believe they go to L.A. to take on the Clippers on Friday. I could double-check that right now. And then they have San Antonio uh, on Sunday. Um, if you were to kind of prognosticate from here, Gordon, that's uh, including last night's game, that's uh, four games uh, between now and Sunday. What do you expect their record to be? Well, I would expect if they shoot 50% or better, they're going to win all of them. Well, that's a, quite the caveat there. Let's. Yeah. What, what if they don't shoot? I mean, but what do you think is going to happen? Uh, uh, well, here's the crazy thing about it. It really does depend on what I think are two things. One, do they take care of the ball? And two, do they shoot the ball well? And that sounds simplistic, I know. But with this particular team, with the talent it has, if it does those two things, it's going to win at 95% of the games. And But how often can they do that? I know you talk about perimeter defense, and that's obviously very important. They have to be able to do that as well. But I, I still think no matter what, if the Jazz do uh, take care of the ball and, and make their shots the way that they're you know, designed to work, then they win. And I think that's, that was true and evident last year as well, but even more so this time around because I think the Jazz are better this year than they were last year. So 4-0? If. No if. if. What, what, what's going to happen? 4-0? Okay, I'll go 3-1 and one without the if. Okay, they have the, the Clippers is it, are, are at home. I was wrong about that. Sorry about that. Uh, on Friday. And then wait, Sunday, wait, wait, wait. When you Spurs. say at home, what do you mean? At home, who's at home? The Jazz are at home. Okay. Man, the Clippers, I, I, I don't know. I, and then add the Spurs on, on Sunday. Yeah, I, I'll go three, three, three and one. Okay. That's probably the most likely outcome, although they, they should be favored in all three of those games left to come. Maybe not the Clippers, although as you you know kind of allude to, they're not playing very well. So there you go. Uh, yeah. it, it's a busy. And then after that, they have the Nets uh, at the Nets on Tuesday. That's uh, obviously going to be a really difficult game. So there's the the near schedule for the Utah Jazz coming up. Uh, Gordon, you enjoy your evening, buddy. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You too. Thanks. Uh, and uh, everyone stay safe. It's a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.